everyone and welcome to Previously in the Multiverse. This is episode 5 of our sister DC Comics show where we are working our way through classic DC Comics runs. Uh, we have 6 slots, well actually we have 7 slots this week, we've actually just put up, we've added one on because we had another Patreon vote uh, finish and we're going to have 7 books to talk about today. So uh, I'm Peter by the way and joining me is Connor. Yeah, I'm still here, thanks for remembering. Well, I mean... Sometimes I like to forget. This, 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 you, yeah, know. you wish you could forget. The books we're reading this week, uh, we're going to be looking at Detective Comics 570. Uh, we're going to be looking at Wonder Woman issue 5. We're going to look at Flash 64. Birds of Prey Manhunt issue 3. GSA issue 4. Man of Steel 104. And the new slot, uh, the winner of the, the vote that just ended, if you didn't hear the announcement on Comics from the Multiverse this weekend, was Stephanie Brown Batgirl. So we will be talking about Batgirl issue 1. Uh, that's the Brian Q. Miller run from 2009 to 2011. Uh, so this is right at the end of the the pre New 50 or yeah pre New 52 era. So uh, that's what we're gonna do. So yeah, we have seven books. That'll be the the, the the all we're doing. We're not adding any more slots. Uh, there's a good chance that the bat books will double up at some points, given his eight books uh, at times. But uh, so for that reason, we're not adding any more books. We're going to keep this sort of right at this level, just a nice level to be at. Uh, but obviously, there'll be a chance for some non-DC books on elsewhere when that starts uh, in the near future. Um, I'm catching up on Captain America. I'm getting closer and closer to being show ready with that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm away for a few days. I expect by the time that I get back, you're ready to go. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I highly doubt it. Uh, so. Without further ado, we will get cracking into the books. Detective Comics 570, Mike W. Barr, writing with Alan Davis on the art. This is the second part of the story in which Catwoman has been brainwashed by this doctor dude that the Joker has employed. Uh, I say employed, you know, kidnapped and <laughs> maniacally plotted with, maybe a better uh, description. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he doesn't seem too opposed to it, though. No, no, no. He's he's happy to do it for the science, uh, just for the yeah. the exploration of the mind. Uh, did, was Batman calling Robin chum this much in the past couple of detective issues? Because I felt like he was calling him chum a lot in this issue, and every time it made me sort of smirk and think it was goofy. You might be right. I don't know if I've noticed it too much. Yeah, Honestly, it... like the first like five six pages of this are the best thing we've read from Detective or Batman so far pure gold and then it kind of then it gets into the actual joker plot and it's like eh, all right whatever okay you're, you're you're being a little bit facetious here because there's no way this is better than that first issue of batman that was actually quite good oh these first few pages i enjoyed them so much what did you enjoy a blast what, what, what the prostitute flirting with with uh jason and then batman like saying but she's a lady and he's like you mean uh and then it's like she's just like selena and it was a lot of weird dialogue yeah, that, here. That, I, that was amusing enough. He, him throwing the uh, the pool ball, like, really casually. Like, you know, he's just walking through the bar, and you know, there's just someone coming up behind him with the cue to smack him one. And he, he doesn't even look around. You just see the hand come out from underneath the cape and toss it behind him really casually. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm into this. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if I agree with the amusing dialogue part. Uh, I wasn't necessarily into that as much. It felt a bit dated in a uh, bad way to me. But... Sorry, you're saying Batman insinuating the guy uh, might get a little bit raped in prison wasn't quite funny. No, that's a terrible joke. I mean, he was intimidating the guy. It was intentional. Uh, oh, it is. He's got his fingers in the little glass. It's it's funny. 
Yeah, I don't know. Batman joking that someone may get raped in prison isn't exactly my idea of a good Batman uh, piece of dialogue, but whatever. Uh, Nah, that wasn't working for me all that much. If anything, I thought this was easily the the weakest of the three Detective Comics issues we've read. (laughs) I I agree with the rest of it. Like Once it gets to the Joker stuff, it kind of feels like how, similar to how we did last issue with the the Joker half there, where it kind of just grind to a halt and was like eh, okay and uh, yeah yeah and robin talking about the prostitute and batman because 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 robin this is a line of dialogue robin says she sure knows how to make a, a guy feel good and then batman responds that's what she's best at chum yeah yeah that line wasn't as good i'll give you that one it's terrible it's terrible. So yeah, Catwoman's been... Because this is all I just find where the Joker is, by the way. This entire thing to get to the bad guy was just to find out where the Joker's hideout is, because this guy will know for whatever reason. Uh, and yeah, they go in, they fight. The, 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 Robin's throwing like uh, bowling pins and all sorts of... like Because they're in like, a fun house, so he's just throwing all sorts of random things at guys. Uh, Batman deals with this <laughs> uh, weird karate dude. Uh who i appreciate how he was like i ain't got time for this shit and just electrocuted him instead yeah kind of funny that was all right joker's got a hovercraft uh this is basically just a big joker face there's no wheels on that i think there is underneath you know batman does call it a car and i'm assuming the wheels are just underneath that you can't see because you only ever really see it from the Oh, maybe there's a hovercraft. No, there's a panel. Right. When they're speeding away and Batman's been knocked off the back, when Catwoman's standing up, you can see there's nothing underneath it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, a hovercraft. it's weird they act- actively call it a car, then. Oh, well, Batman's looking um, from up top. He just thinks it's a car. He's assuming it's a car. Yeah, yeah it's fair. Uh, you're right, it's a hovercraft. But yeah, basically, Joker's like, ah, yeah, this man, you know, betrayed you and whatever. He's convincing Catwoman that, he's, that she should hate him. So Catwoman fights back against him. Uh, Batman intimidates a doctor. Um, they figure out that Joker's probably going to take Catwoman on this big cat heist because of something that's in the paper and when they show up to deal with it uh, Joker's pissed because Cat- he, a- he asked Catwoman wh- wh- who Batman was like what is Batman's identity and she gives him this name and it's obviously not this guy this guy's like got no idea what the Joker's talking about and like the uh, the henchman's kind of like you know it sounds like he's telling the truth boss you know maybe she just like lied or maybe she like like the doctor said maybe she's forgetting things because of the treatment like it's not so he's uh yeah deeply confused by the whole thing he's not happy um yeah and he's like right well gone then selena kill him yeah but Batman and robin show up uh they save the people uh they try and of course and get selena to kind of you know come back but catwoman's like nope uh you know, you'd be fun if you were like us, but I'm a villain, blah, blah, blah. So she, you know, we leave this issue. It's not sorted. She's not like back to normal yet. She's still kind of like thinking she's a full on villain again because of the she's brainwashing. She's villainous, but it is worth noting they didn't push her any further than she has been because she does refuse to kill these people that, that Joker's got. And, you know, she does, you know, set them free. She slashes the, the cords that tie them up. Yeah, but she's completely forgotten about her relationship with Batman. Like, that's completely yeah, gone. Yeah, all, that, all, all that's gone. But she's not into, you know, murderous territory. So she's reverted to where she was before, but Joker didn't make it any worse. I mean, that's the question. That's where she was before, though, because I felt like she was more of a kind of a an ally to Batman. Still, I mean, still up to no good, don't get me wrong, but this doesn't feel like she's going to be helping him with cases or anything like that or stuff. Oh, no, no, no. This is before that, for sure. Yeah, so you're phrasing it weirdly. She, she's back to kind of like earlier days Catwoman as opposed to... Yeah, that's what she's reverted back to. 
Yeah, but you said she's back to what she was before. That implies, like, right before. Oh, uh, okay. I'm with you. I guess? Bloody it sounded hell. clearer when I said it before. I think you just misconstrued. <laughs> uh, so that's basically it. Uh, so we leave it off there. Um, and, you know, they've, they've nabbed the Joker once again. Uh, come back next time. We've got a Scarecrow story next time, but it looks at the cover. So that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got one of those yet. That was an okay issue. I, I honestly, in terms of the dialogue feeling dated and some of the jokes feeling dated, you know, that's just probably the worst issue out of the three detective issues we've done so far because of that for me. I, I you know, I don't really <laughs> like. I don't really appreciate being raped in prison jokes, uh, or weird like prostitute jokes with Jason. I don't know. All of it just felt, kind of felt. It felt like a sense of humor that's, that's been dead for a couple of decades for good reason. Yeah, that's just like a five point five for me. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm giving it a 6.5 because I, I did quite enjoy that first section. It was entertaining. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, if I'm entertained by a comic, I'm happy. Um, but then it, then it got kind of a bit boring after that and just kind of became, oh, look, you know, tedious Joker stuff in, and not in a, in, in a fun way. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll take like a Wonder Woman then. Uh, this is issue five. Brian Azarello, of course, writing with Chang on the art. Uh, uh, no, sorry, it's not Cliff Chang on that. Is it not? I looked it up. It said it was Cliff Chang. It's it's right on the cover here. It's uh, Tony Akins. I don't have the cover. I'm on the trade. Uh, oh, well. It's, D- it's D- not Cliff Chang. DC Wiki said Cliff Chang. I swear it did. Because I, I, I checked, because I thought it looked a bit different. This was issue five, right? Yeah, issue five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's Cliff Akins. Uh, Tony Akins, sorry. You've just... <laughs> Uh, Cliff Chang still did the cover, which is maybe where it's getting that from on, on DC's wiki. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Um, I didn't like this issue. I hate to be the negative one today, but <laughs> I, I really didn't really? like this issue. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. I think uh, this is not the best issue, but I'm, I'm still into it. I just, I felt like most of it was padding, and I hated this new character, uh, Lennox, or what his name is. Lennox, yeah. I hated him. <laughs> he annoyed me. The second he started talking, I'm like, oh, this is like a Constantine-sounding bastard. I don't like him. And You just hate when people do accents in, in books, do you, when it's written down like that? I do for the most part. Very, very rarely do I enjoy when someone writes in an accent. Uh, it's, it's frustrating to me because I, I feel like, as, as someone who is Scottish, right, when I see someone writing in a Scottish accent, I'm annoyed because it's harder to read. It's especially annoying because not every Scottish person speaks in thick Scottish slang. I certainly don't, and it bugs me. <laughs> no, I get that, but it's a, it's an easy way of conveying um, an accent or you know where a person's from, how they speak. If if you just put the you know regular speech, that doesn't come across. You're not uh, un- unless you know that this is what this character sounds like from some other reason. But put no, does not. But you know, when you do when you speak a different line, we just say this is an X accent. That's terrible. Or have them say where they're from. Uh, whatever, I don't care. I hate it. It's annoying. Uh, yeah, this episode, this, oh, this episode, this issue did very little for me. Uh, you've got these uh, sailors who find like these dead uh, seahorse things. I'm gonna call it a seahorse. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it starts off as a, you know, they see, oh, it's the, it looks like it's a horse, but it's huge. And then, you know, we cut underneath and see it's it's got a tail and fins and stuff. Yeah. I'm actually kind of relieved to find that it wasn't Chang because I was a little bit worried <laughs> because some of the faces were definitely, I mean, they're definitely going for Cliff Chang's style, but they're not quite. Yeah, you can it. see where they're trying to make it feel 
seamless like this is a fill-in trying to adhere to the established style of the book absolutely and uh, yeah i just uh, credit uh, where it's due in that regard but uh, it's not as strong i think the storytelling has frustrated me because it, it like they're just sitting having breakfast and this random new dude shows up and knows them and like starts talking about who he is and starts talking about everything it's just it's one of these sort of tropes that I think it feels especially bad when we're already like deep into a story, as you know, as opposed to like the start of a story when things are just getting going. Because um, you know, this is so much of the issue is them sitting at this breakfast table talking about uh, how he's related to you know Diana or how he's a god or whatever. Because um, he's like centuries old, didn't he? Or no, he's eighty, he's 80 years old. That's what he said. He's eighty years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's like half the book uh you know and later on it's it's okay when the the sea monster starts showing up and it gets a bit more interesting at the end because wonder woman sort of like faces down poseidon um you know some stuff some stuff's happening and it's not so much that i'm complaining that there's not enough action in the first half of the issue it's just that i felt like it felt like it started off with just debating of okay what should diana do next because you know of what's happened to themiscara and you know what hair is up to uh and I don't know. I just I felt really like the momentum just felt like it, you know the last issue ended with this big devastating blow, and then this issue is it starts so casually with them sitting around a breakfast table, and I'm like, like like shouldn't we feel the emotion still? Shouldn't Diana like be like sort of like sauntering back in from like her trip and like have have them react to like why she looks so you know like traumatized or something? But she's sitting having breakfast like it's a normal Sunday afternoon or something like that. <laughs> Well, no, you have breakfast on a Sunday afternoon. Well, you may actually, because it's Sunday. <laughs> you lie in on a Sunday, so you might. Um, you, you could. I mean, I've definitely done it. Yes, I think many people have, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just wasn't feeling like the momentum in this at all. Uh, uh, I get where you're coming from in the momentum in the first half. I definitely agree. This is probably the weakest issue of the book so far. Um, but I think I liked it more than you. I liked lennox i like that conversation i like the stuff it's doing even if it did lose some of the momentum from the last issue i I love when it gets to, to poseidon and it's just you know learning what's going on there between the gods and you know okay so zeus has gone missing and poseidon's like well i'm claiming the skies for myself and then at the same time we've got lennox going down to to, to the underworld mm-hmm. getting a getting in a bit of a tangle with cerberus um and then you know hades uh, having to step out and okay, now Hades is in play as well. Um, yeah. I'm into yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not really caring about the mythology as much when it comes to Wonder Woman. Like, all the th- things I like about Wonder Woman tend to be the more character-driven stuff as opposed to the mythology yeah. stuff. Um, so I'm less excited about that, that in, in and of itself. And the ending's kind of a weak ending to me as well because it just kind of, like, you know, we have a couple of, uh, you know, centaurs coming into the like the city because they're in London. Um, yeah, and it just kind of ends with like Diana yelling at Poseidon that you know Hera's you know, you know she's she, already claimed the heavens. Yeah, and basically taken Zeus's place. So you know it's it's tough shit basically. And then that's it. That's the last. That's the last thing. It was like a, you, know, you see Hera kind of standing off to the side of the panel, but there's not really anything sort of there to give me like a a, a hook or a big beat. No, I I actually agree that the the last page is possibly the weakest of the book in that it it start like. If this wasn't the last page, I'd be quite into it as a page in the sense that, okay, you got the crowd kind of seeing all this. you got the centaurs coming out. Uh, you know, it, it's it's ramping up in the sense that um, Diana's in, in, in kind of kicking off this this fight between Poseidon and Hera now. 
Um, but it is missing an actual moment to end it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this was this was a. That's one was a shorty read, to be honest. I, I wasn't into this issue at all. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that is not a, a consistent feeling and we're back to uh, more stuff that I like next time. Yeah. I know uh, from here on out, I think it's pretty inconsistent as to when we have Chang. Mm. Well, He's kind of off and on for a while. Well, that's not great news, but my, my concern here was, I mean, the art's definitely a step down, but my concern here was more that I just wasn't into the story or the writing. Uh, in this issue yeah. uh, and that could be a concern uh given that i've got 31 issues left <laughs> if, if it keeps if it keeps going this direction where i feel like i'm being alienated because it's not really clicking with me then that could be a problem but we'll see we'll see how mm. it goes uh what are you giving this one uh, i'm gonna give it a straight seven mm, five out of ten for me so That'll take us on to The Flash, issue 64. Mark Wade writing with Greg LaRock on the art. This is the third part of the year one, the Born to Run story with Wally. Uh, I'm happy to say I'm more positive on this one. I'm finally done with my uh, my streak of negativity. Yeah, I'm pretty positive on this. This is probably the best issue of this arc so far. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I said that necessarily, but yeah, I can, I can get I behind sentiment. Uh, I, I think what I like about the, the opening is that it does a really good job of just sort of getting you up to speed. Like, it's not too recappy, but it does do enough. Like, obviously, we've read this a couple of weeks ago. If this had been a month apart, I'd have really appreciated this page. Just to reestablish, okay, here's the, the main beats here. Um, and then It's a sort of thing that I wish they would almost edit out some of this for the, um, for like, you know, if you're reading it just as a trade. Oh, no, I, no, no, I no, no. Like... Oh, God, no. No, because... Like for a start, we're reading this every two weeks, so I still want this. But not, and I, yeah, I, I don't I'm reading it as a single issue, so yeah, and I, I don't want to uh, like, I, I want to have the option of reading it exactly as it was, even if it's in trade. I want the option of just recreating the experience. That should be up to me, not not the editor. I get that. I get that. So, yeah. So it teases Mirror Master again. We get Wally learn to vibrate through things, but he's not doing very well. Uh, there's a great sequence he's here at the start. Destroying the world. Yeah, there's a great sequence here at the start where he, the Barry's giving him the pep talk, he's instructing him, and we get that it's almost in slow motion, essentially, where we see him vibrate through the wall, you see the fingertips come through, then his whole body, he smiles thinking he's done it, and then he turns around, the page turn happens, and there's a human-shaped hole <laughs> behind him. And Barry's like, well, that's, a, that's an improvement, because last time it blew up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, uh, step in the right direction. Uh, so, but no, it teaches some things, like the summer's almost at the end, so he's going to be going home soon, and various other things like that. Uh, he's he's not really impressed with Barry. He thinks Barry's boring and flashes, you know, trying to kind of like like no, Barry's well, a nice hey, guy. He's full of surprises. You should give him a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a nice little page that sort of recaps and uh, not even just recaps, but gives us more of the uh, the crime wave because obviously some time has passed. And this idea of these like doppelgang like crimes where the same like criminals have been doing this, and then there's been these weird cases where. A doppelganger was like in the bank and like transferred money and then it just disappeared and it's like what's going on uh so, so you know that was a nice page to bring us back up to speed if i have any complaints about this issue very minor but i have one one complaint here wally goes to iris's place of work uh, to hang out you know at the news office and for some reason there's a really weird panel where it's like showing her legs and fishnets 
like as like the main focus of the panel with Wally like standing behind her and I'm like why is there like a sexy introductory shot of Iris when it's her nephew who's a 10 year old is coming to see her this is it was just weird <laughs> I get that the, on- the only defense I can even give it at all uh-huh. is that at least it's from our perspective and not his sure yeah uh, no, it doesn't feel like he's the one looking at it that way because oh, we're yeah. looking at it. Of course, yeah. So, uh, so that's the uh, only thing. That's the only way I can defend it even at all. So it doesn't become that creepy. It's just unnecessary. There's just no reason for oh, it. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. It's unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's, it's so weird. Uh, but you know, I mean, if, if that's my only complaint, then we're we're doing well. Uh, but basically, Wally sees something here. He sees like there's a story about this computer or sorry, this. Uh, he's a physicist. Physicist. Which yeah. I remember because. He spots that you know he did a whole paper on this guy, and he knows that no, no, his his dodgy eye was was his other one, not the one that's in this picture. Mm-hmm. But he still doesn't know how to say physicist. Um, yeah, uh, but he's, he's basically he, he figures out because he says, oh, the eye patch is on the wrong side, and Iris is like, oh, well, sometimes the photographer will flip the image by accident; it's not a big deal. But then he says, but library in the background is not spelled backwards. It's uh, you know, that's normal. So then it's he's like, and I, I like how the narration box here is like bing, and then he sort of says, library isn't spelled backwards. It's like bing, bing, bing. It's, it's, it's literally bells going off in his head. Uh, and he yeah. realizes this must be Mirror Master. It has to be, because they're all mirror images. They're not, they're not perfect copies. They're, they're, they're reflected copies. Um, so he speeds off to where this physicist is at this thing, getting these papers. and uh, he, does, he does call Flash first and tells him to meet him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently the Flash and... Uh, the early 90s wasn't quite as quick as he is today because i feel like flash now would just be there instantly <laughs> no no i'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt in this case mm, that, okay but in the sense that barry's entire shtick is he's always late even, even though he's the flash okay and all right all right this is kind of an it. extension of that okay i can get behind that i can get behind that uh, but the guy's running off in the car and Wally has to make the choice. Like, do I speed after him or wait for Barry? If I wait for Barry, then I'm going to lose the car. But if I speed after him, I can get there. And he actually steals, like... I mean, we don't get to see all of it yet. It just sort of implies it, where he looks over at, like, a policeman wearing a hat and he's like, unless... Because he's like, how do I leave a trail? And we don't get the payoff until later when Barry like, follows the trail later and there's just a big pile of hats. <laughs> because yeah. that was set up last issue. And it, 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 to be fair, it did remind us of it this issue as well, just in case you'd forgotten that there was a whole thing where he stole someone's hat uh, when he first got his powers. So Yeah, uh, and Barry's like, well, I managed to teach you not to do that, so I could teach you anything. Yeah, but while he finds this secret base, uh, the Mirror Master's got shielded with what else but mirrors uh, to sort of make it look invisible. And Naturally. he goes... He goes in, but he gets trapped in, in the mirror world a little bit. Uh, it falls through this mirror. Obviously, Mirror Master's put him in there. And then Mirror Master, you know, monologues about how he's going to trap Barry. I mean, not doesn't say Barry, obviously, he doesn't know who he is, but uh, he trapped the Flash, yada, yada, yada. And Barry runs in, gets electrocuted in the trap, and Wally gets so pissed off that he uses the vibration technique to get out of the mirror and is so angry that he comes flying out. And you can actually look, there's a great panel here where Mirror Master looks up and he looks kind of scared <laughs> as he's looking over his yeah. shoulder. It's like, oh no, I've pissed this kid off. Um, and he he's basically beating the living piss out of him and he to the point where he might have ended up killing him if Barry wasn't there to stop him. Yeah, I mean, there's even a narration saying, you know, he never knew how close he came to never waking up. Yeah, and I, th- I think that makes sense that, you know, in his early stage of a career, he's not necessarily learned restraint yet. He's not really... I mean, he's a 10-year-old, so... Exactly. That's, I, that's I, my I, point. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. 
yeah like i'm not critiquing him for making this really bad choice because he's 10 and like he's not grown up yet he's not went through the yeah. part of his life where he'll have that opinion uh but barry stops says no no no. i knew that was a trap uh i you know i actually got here sooner than i appeared and i was listening to the, the, everything uh so so they've, they've caught, captured them they drag him out yeah. big pile of hats fun little uh, visual gag uh, and notably wally's carrying the hats on the way back so they're actually giving everyone their hats back <laughs> just just in case you were worried that he was still stealing hats he's giving the hats yeah. all back i mean to be fair it was a good cause if, if they hadn't found the people to return them to i'm sure yeah I'm sure barry would have understood but on the way wally collapses in pain and they go to his grandfather who doesn't know he's oh, but wally he keeps his mask on but his grandfather ira west and he checks him out and, you know, hears about how he got his powers and basically says that because Barry got the, the accident when he was fully grown, it's different from a, a young boy and his body has reacted differently and unlocking the final power of the phasing has basically made the, the speed kind of... Basically, whenever he uses it, it'll hurt him and it'll cause tremendous pain and could possibly even kill him. Uh, so his running days are over. It's, it's kind of like it's that scene you get where like an athlete's told they can't, they have to stop being an athlete because it'll, you know it's too much for them. Now. They're, they're, they're forty five and like no no you've had too many injuries over the years you can't do it anymore. And it's, like, it's soul crushing because that's what they do. That's their life. Yeah, it's that. But it's but, a ten. Year but he's ten. <laughs> and that, that's the that's the ending. That's the cliffhanger where he's just like heartbroken because he thinks he can't be a kid flash anymore. Uh, this yeah. is an interesting thing to put in the middle of a year one for Wally because obviously we know this isn't going to last because like A, it's only halfway through the story but B, he's Wally West he's literally the Flash right now he has to overcome this somehow but it's a nice little swerve so it's not just a straightforward oh, he got his powers he trained for a bit and that was it there's something else yeah, to it yeah. I do feel like this is a, a bit that I've seen like two or three times at least in, in Wally's history where uh, you can't use those powers or they'll kill you hmm like it's it's been a recurring theme. I'm sure I've read something um, before this run when he was still Kid Flash, where that was a a thing. And obviously, we uh, we had some stuff uh, more recently in in I think it was in the Titans book um, where it was his heart that was going to give out. Uh, so it's it's been a thing that they've brought off and on for for Wally. Yeah, yeah, it was a theme that for some reason they keep returning to. Uh, but I mean. I think this one works quite well because it, it it's this wrench and what's on in, in theory on paper should be a really straightforward story and it kind of throws this uh, swerve in the middle of it to make us go oh how does this get solved how does this get resolved because we know it has to but you know it gives it this extra twist because I think when you, you're reading issue one and even issue two you're probably thinking oh the whole the whole six issue story is going to be set in this summer. So it's actually quite surprising when you get to issue three that oh wait it's, we're right at the end of the summer now already yeah. oh and. Yeah you know he uh like he's got this problem now he can't be kid flash anymore so uh i feel like they're taking the idea of year one very literally yeah yeah we're and getting sense that this has been maybe the first three or four months but okay we've got more to go yeah i don't know if it'll be the full year i don't remember it being the full year but like yeah they're we're gonna get more in the summer certainly yeah so no they were good oh, i was good again i think the standout for me was probably right at the start when he was like going through the wall that was like one of those much like the baseball sequence from last issue it was kind of another really well-told sequence like panel to panel and then the page turn at the exact perfect moment to, for the the payoff yeah it's the the timing of it i'd be really interested to see the original script to see how how broken down that was panel by panel from wade or if that was uh the rock kind of bringing mm. that choice himself um because obviously it, it completely depends on 
the writer in circumstances like that as to how they've scripted it. Sometimes they'll be just like, well, I need, you know, handful of panels showing this sequence and leave it up to them. Other times they'll be very specific as, you know, fingers, this panel, then this, this panel, you know. And uh, so I, I do wonder who that came from. Yeah, no, I'm a bit curious. Uh, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give it a straight eight. Uh, yeah, I'll give it an eight as well. I, I, I think I like the issue too, or the you know the previous issue, uh, more than this one. But this one was still very, very good. So, mm. uh, that's cool. Uh, that'll take us on to Birds of Prey Manhunt issue three. Chuck Dixon, uh, writing with Matt Haley on the art. This is obviously part three or four of the story. Dane is trapped with uh. The bad guy whose name I forget every time I actually come to talk about it. <laughs> like, I'm reading the book earlier, and I'm like, okay, I need to remember this guy's name this time. I need to remember this guy's name. And then it comes to the part where we have to talk about it. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't remember it at all. Uh, I'm sure it'll come up, though, as we're going through it. Uh, so, yeah, so basically, interesting swerve with that is that I, I one thing I, d- I didn't remember from reading this is where he takes her. It's this really specific place where this plastic-eating entity has ate all the plastic in this city. And Kazakhstan, no less, which I'm not going to lie, Kazakhstan is a place is forever ruined by Borat. Kind of is, at least for like another 20 years. To be taken seriously, because all I could hear when I read Kazakhstan was, a have have or... Uh... Yeah. This, this was kind of funny as well, because um, obviously this is long predates, uh, so I'm not trying to insinuate anything, but mm. just this past season of Doctor Who, there was an episode about something that ate plastic. Oh, interesting. Like it, it, it was a whole thing. Um, so obviously that's still relatively fresh in my mind. So coming to this, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This is a thing here as well. Yeah. Interesting concept. You got a uh, Catwoman and Huntress going after the location from this guy in the, the big mansion. Uh, Huntress is running from the dogs. This was kind of where we left them off last time. Uh, Oracle can hear Black Canary, but Black Canary can't hear her. And Oracle even tests this. She's like, hey, if you can hear me, like ask for a drink or something, you know, like, a little test and she doesn't so it's like okay i can hear her because of the, the chip in her but she doesn't hear me and basically what i remembered because i said last issue there was something going to happen that i thought was a fun idea uh basically it's the fact that catwoman ends up you know with the earpieces and oracle starts talking to them instead uh and directing them and where to go and stuff and we don't quite get to that fully yet but they're, they're, they start to make the contact by the end of the issue and they hear stuff for the first time yeah i do like that idea i thought the dialogue was a little awkward in the first sequence where it was, mm-hmm. where, you know, Catwoman's like, so, well, do you have a name? And she's like, only for vigilantes. And then, like, the next scene, she's just like, all right, then, Oracle, what, what you got? Yeah, I wonder I wonder if she meant, like, Barbara when she said that. Maybe, but it, it also uh, yeah, it felt weird. like yeah. she could have just said, call me Oracle, and, and it would have gone fine. Um, it, it felt like a weird beat to me between the two sequences. I did like the part, though, where Catwoman sort of says, oh, sorry, Huntress, most vigilantes, or something like that. Uh, yeah, there was a little yeah. beat there where she kind of like threw it in Huntress's face that she wasn't really included in all this. Um, I did like the beat here where Batman and Robin, or ba- Batman specifically, I mean Robin's there, but Batman kind of says, okay, you, you got this one, Oracle? And she's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I've got it. And she's like, you know, and her narration is like, wow. It's kind of like, oh, wait, Batman's trusting me to take care of something so he can go focus on other things. Uh, I kind of like that play as a big moment for her. Like, oh, I'm being trusted in this new role to... Yeah. I, I think I would have liked it more if it was actually narration. Um, I think the wow being something she actually said kind of took me out of it a little bit. Oh, sure. Um, I, I mean, I took that, though, at least to be after the call was over, so no one heard it. It was just her on her own saying that. Maybe. Maybe. You could be, you, you could be right. 
Because my man walks away, if it, the, beat, the pacing of it to me just felt like the call was over now. Um, and it was also the size of the text, because, you know, just like the, the panel before that where she says yes, and then says louder, I mean yes, you know, to really, you know, sound confident. Uh, sure, sure. It's a very quiet sort of wow. Uh, but yeah, so obviously Huntress and Black Canary need to get to this location as well. Oracle's given them advice on how to get there. And that's all cool stuff. Uh, and then that's when we get to see, like, you know, Black Canary arrive uh, with Braun. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And he's shown them this city, which is kind of this weird place now because there's no plastic, there's no electricity. Uh, just, you know, all the other materials. So they have, like, a fighting ring. And the big reveal at the end of the issue, um, after Oracle pisses herself laughing by cracking a cat joke, <laughs> which wasn't that funny... <laughs> But, no, no, it wasn't, and I thought, I thought this was a little over the top as well, personally. That's that's was always over the top. I can't really defend this that much. Uh, Oracle uh, laughs because Catwoman says, "You know, we've not even had a bath," and she's, "Oh, I thought you just licked yourself clean." And then there's just this giant text saying "bwa ha 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 as she laughs her head off. I'm like, "All right, yeah. Babs, calm down." <laughs> it was even the bit leading up to the joke where, um, you know, Catwoman's like, "Oh, we we, we haven't even been able to wash our hair because we can't take our masks off in front of each other." And she starts laughing, and she's building up to the joke. Like she's like, "Oh, this is hilarious! I'm going to say this. This is great." And I'm like, "Calm down, love." I mean, I appreciate it because I'm a fan of bad jokes, but it just it felt it felt out of the player place. Uh, the yeah. big reveal, though, at the end, of course, is that uh, the woman in the fighting ring that that ba- uh, sorry that Dana's watching fight. Uh, takes off the the hood, and, it, and see, see when they sort of teased there's a reveal where you look down, kind of shocked, and you know. Uh, because the, the actual fighting page is really good there's all these like you know uh angled panels kind of in a weird play if, if it kind of feels it almost feels like the, the panels themselves are blades so even though they're not fighting with a knife it felt like all the hits were very sharp do, do you know what i really really like even before like that page where it was fighting before it was clear there was going to be a reveal mm-hmm. i was like i know who exactly who this is like you, you, you... Uh, I, I really appreciated that say that again you completely cut out <laughs> Oh, okay. You knew exactly well, that's, who that's this was because, yeah, it was the way the art flowed, and you know, it's before that, that it was very clear there was going to be a reveal. There was just a couple of close-ups on like her eyes and stuff, where it's like, okay, this is this is definitely someone, and then you see the the prowess. And I'm like, okay, I know exactly who this is. Yeah, I, I basically went once it was like, okay, we're going to reveal some that this is someone. I'm like, okay, it's probably Shiva. There has to be Shiva. Who else is it? Uh, and it yeah. is. So uh, that's the big reveal at the end is that Shiva is in the story. Uh, so that's the big reveal to end issue three. Come back for part four. Um, you were fairly down in ep- uh, issue two, so I assume you like this one more. I did. I like this more. Like I said, I still feel it's a bit clunky in places, um, especially the stuff with Babs. Weirdly, um, I think uh, last issue a lot of my problem was having um, like the two villainous-ish ones, Catwoman and Huntress, uh, alongside you know Dinah being the good one, and uh, her feeling outnumbered weirdly kind of just completely separating them helped because it left them just to each other mm-hmm. and i didn't feel like they were overpowering like you know, the, the other characters as much yeah uh, so that, that that helped and you know i, I like sh- getting shiva at the end I'm, I'm into that yeah like i say the layouts there towards the end for that fight were really good because it felt really yeah. specific which was good uh to the point where it even helped you figure out who it was um so that's really neat. I, I, no, I mean, I like this issue well enough. Um, so I don't think any of these issues have been as good as that first big one shot that we did. But, no. But I can see it getting there, though. I can see it getting there again. 
uh you know once the, the main series is going or even though the one shot that we're getting before the main series another one shot after this okay there's another one shot after this miniseries and then we're into the actual ongoing uh, that, that's the problem here i'm not reading from the the trade that has all this collected with the appropriate stuff so i'm just kind of waiting for Pete to tell me yeah it's this next and this has been nice it's just four issue mini and i can just work through that yeah yeah so this has been straightforward but it's another one shot of yeah, some kind afterwards okay cool uh called something or other but yeah so that was a manhunt issue three what are you giving it uh, i'm gonna give it a 7.5 i'm gonna give it 0.5 some nice art i give it a 7.5 i think that's a fair score yeah i'll give it that uh all right that'll take us on to jsa issue four this is uh james robinson and david goyer uh with steven sadowski on the art and this is fate you know kind of became fully formed we had stargirl run towards the you know the baby towards the 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 amulet thingamajig and he became full fate at the end of the issue so this issue picks up there and we have fate and mordru fighting it out with uh you know power blasts going back and forth uh starman's narrating throughout a lot of this proper, proper wizard's duel going on yeah it's energy blast going you know that big two-page spread in the second page is uh well, second it's and third nice. page, I suppose I should say, to be accurate. But uh, they're, they're blasting each other with things, and everyone else is just sort of failing to even do anything. Uh, you know, I really like how Mordred's just incapacitating them in all unique ways for each person. Yeah, because a hot girl and the uh, black canary get turned into a, a hawk and a canary <laughs> in a birdcage. Uh, my favorite one, actually, because obviously you have sand get, you know, like sandy, the uh, uh, arm smasher gets put in like a painting or whatever it is. Um, yeah. All that stuff's going on. My favorite one though is when it's like this is almost as if the battle's taken across different dimensions, and we see Starman and uh, Star Girl in like different uh, like worlds where she looks, she looks like a pirate in one, and then she's like a like a like a fox or a cat in the next one, and then she's in like a knight of ar- suit of armor in the last one. But they all have kind of like her like sort of variations of her costume on, and it's the same for Starman where he's you know pirate looking and like a fox and then suit of armor. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, I like that. Um, I, I actually, I especially like that middle one where the art style changes completely because the middle one's the the, the furry animals, uh, the the justice critters. Yeah, I, and I, it's so clean. Like the snake becomes just one, like one solid block <clears throat> color on the top. There's no like scales and shading. It's just there. Yeah, not so much the the, the Starman Fox, but I think she she's got sort of a Lola Bunny look to her actually in that panel uh, from I Space Jam. That, yeah. She's got that kind of look to her. Uh, it's not. She's not a bunny, but it's got that kind of feeling to it. Um, it's got the bunny ears, though. They're not bunny. It's not a bunny, though. That's that's more of a. I don't know. I think she could be a bunny. Look at the puffy tail. The the long rabbit ears. Oh, I guess so. The the, the I I don't think. But the uh the, the whiskers looked unbunny like to me. Yeah. No, I agree. They're throwing me off a little bit. They're a bit excessive, but yeah. the rest of it implies bunny. I guess it kind of is. Yeah. Well, hey-ho. Point is, they're going through different dimensions. Because uh, it's the same pose in each one as well. They're all in the exact same pose, but they're all these very different styles. Uh, yeah. So, really, really cool. Um, and, you know, Fate's fighting back uh, and ultimately, you know, wins. Because uh, uh, basically, Mordru takes the helmet, puts it on, and basically the helmet's still in control. And it's like, no, this is how you lose. Because the helmet's just going to, like, you know, it just it basically envelops them and like sort of makes them go away, and then the helmet and the cloak just fall to the ground. It's like, nope, he's defeated. Done. It's basically like, no, 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 this this is mine, bitch. What what are you doing? Yeah, and we find out this new fate is actually Hector Hall. The baby has grown into Hector Hall, 
uh, who's been a, reborn as an old man. Yeah, who's a character from Infinity Inc. Who obviously shares a relation to the original Hawkman. Um, admittedly, outside of JSC, I've never really encountered Hector Hall. I've never read Infinity Inc. or anything like that. So I don't have like a history with him outside of JSC. But I, I think even if you know anything about DC Comics, I think even just hearing the name Hall makes you go, oh, wait. Hall, as in Carter Hall. Okay, keep talking. You know, pretty much. And it kind of it does that. It kind of gives you kind of the, the idea of who he is, um, and kind of explains who he was to each of these people. Uh, and he teleports them all back to the GSA headquarters. Well, it's about to become the GSA headquarters, I should say. Uh, yes, it was just you know. Uh, it was Wesley Dodd's. <laughs> it was yeah, it was Wesley Dodd's house before he wanted to turn it into a, a GSA museum. Uh, no. I basically. Sandman, I think it's Sandman, yeah, who says, like, hey, you know what? We should probably just, like, reform Officially the GSA. Reform. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of pages of backstory about who Hector Hall is, if you needed that, where he talks about being the uh, silver, what do you call it, silver scarab. And I think this is important in, in the sense of you'd be wondering otherwise, like, what the hell is this? Oh, sure. Who's, who's this, if you don't know. It, it, um, but it, it is just exposition. But it, it's really nice layout in the art. It ties into, obviously, the the Hawks, which is good. And some of the stuff he talks about, about how the Hawks are constantly reincarnating. I mean, obviously, we've heard a little bit about that from Shiera already. But, um, or for Sharon. What's, what's the young one called right now? The one in the JSN? Yeah. Or it's, it's Kendra, right? Or Kendra, yes, yeah, Kendra, right. Um, so you were throwing me off with the S's. Yeah, well, what? Well, there's so many goddamn hawk girl names, all right? But like, there's so many just hawks in general. Right, but the point I was getting at is that we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with her in the future, uh, relating to her history and the hawks and Hawkman and Egypt and reincarnating. So this actually is thematically relevant for setting up and getting us ready for some stuff later as well. So it's good in that sense. Uh, but yeah, so Saman's like, we should just reform the GSA. And Whalecast's like, yeah, I've been waiting years for this. Flash is like, yeah, that don't like being retired. Alan's like, yep, yeah, feels better than doing nothing. Uh, Hippolyta is the one who's like, nah, I should go back to Themyscira. But you can call me in just in case anything big goes down. But, you know. Put, put me on the box as a reserve. Yeah. Uh, and then all the youngins all basically agree. Although Starman says he has to go do all of some stuff first. Uh, and then he'll come back. But um, if I if I recall correctly, because Robinson left, Starman never really does come back, does he? At least for any great stretch. I, mean, I think he pops in once or twice yeah. here or there, but um, not properly. He's he's never a full member yeah. again. I don't not that I recall. But yeah, there's a page where it sort of goes through them and they all sort of say why they'd be wanting to do this. You know, our man's like, oh yeah, the part of me that remembers Rex Tyler's life is honored to do this. You know. Alan's like, yeah, I want to do it. Kendra and Black Canary. Black Canary even says, oh, I owe this to my mother's memory because obviously she was a part of the JSA. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Courtney gets gets uh, talked up by, by Jack and she's all excited and uh, they yeah. appoint. He's like, well, she, she tried, she saved and, you know, seems safer if, if, if you're all looking over her rather than just her doing it on her own. And then Alan appoints Sandman and says, hey, you should be the, the, the director, you should be the one in charge, the, the first chairman is the exact phrase. Uh, of yeah. the GSA and he's all honoured and he says no this makes more sense for you because you're kind of a connection to both the past and the present and you should be this and then the big cliffhanger of the story is actually just that after he's been given this this honour of being the leader he turns to sand and kind of not I mean melt's not the right word but like it just kind of crumbles falls apart yeah yeah, and, and the, he's thinking, oh no, it's happening again, just like before, and, and you're kind of like, what the hell's going on? And the final panel is the GSA looking around, just standing around looking down, it just has clothes and like a pail of sand <laughs> in the middle of the floor. Uh, so, kind of a weird cliffhanger that comes out of nowhere, 
but can't deny it. They didn't make me curious. Or I'm like, okay, what's, what's, what's this going? What's going on next? Yeah, where are you going with this? And I've got vague memories, but it's yeah. still like a, an effective moment. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is not my favourite issue so far. I think uh, because the first half is just the fight, um, and it's, the fight's pretty good, but they've had better fights already. Like, there was some really good stuff when they were all, like, split teams before, and, like, issue two yeah. or whatever. Like, those, th- that stuff was really good. Uh, this issue was really, was was good too, and I like all the formation of the team at the end and kind of establishing everything. But it's also doing a lot of things that just have to be done before we can kind of get the book going properly. Yeah, I actually think this is, possibly the weakest issue so far i still mm-hmm. like it a lot i think it's 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 a blast to read it reads really fast and easy um i think the fight while they have done you know better stuff before uh, i think it's dynamic enough that you know we're, we're doing um the, the way Mordru's taking out other team members is inventive enough that it's not just hey look we're blasting things at each other uh, yeah. which it could very easily have been um so i appreciate that but the back half is just all right okay let's just get this over with we've got to do the the, the the official stuff now yeah i actually really like the cover for the next issue it's kind of that you know oh, that yeah. that classic hulk mm-hmm. cover where it's like bruce in front of hulk uh yeah right it's kind of that but it's like young young sandman when he was a kid and then present day sand where he's got the mask and the, the the guns and all that and then like a big sand you know monster above them so it's, it's yeah. like a three it's that's, like, a, that's a nice cover it's like a triple tiered version of that uh, classic hulk cover which is really cool um but yeah, obviously I'm pumped for the GSA to you know to to be a team now and keep going and uh, we'll see we'll see how it pans out. Uh, I mean, which we, I mean I've already read like 50 issues and you've read the whole thing before, but I mean, yeah. just in the sense where I'm excited to go through this again and you know uh, do that because uh, I think if I remember right, the next issue is kind of largely to really establish who Sand is, so we really you know buy into him as a leader. It's like okay, if he's going to be the leader, we have to really be on board with him. And next issue is kind makes of about sense. Uh, it's. It's something that you you it sounds quite cynical when you just say it like that, right? Where mm. you've got to care, go for we we're we're just gonna tick this box to make sure it works. But it's it's an important step to do to establish early on enough that we do care about the rest of the story going on. You've got to build that cornerstone well, to go from. It's part of it's part of why I think this run works so so well in the sense that I all think you have. I mean, there's a lot of DC history you could have coming into this that'll help you like care about certain things from the start. But I think the series on its own does a really good job of gradually making you really like all of the members of the team uh as mm. long as you're willing to sort of do you know, dive in at first and sort of let it take you for the ride it will it will over time let you get to know them all and i think that's a big part of what this next issue is going to do for sand so um, and i think it, it really helps that there are issues like that for characters that maybe are a lot newer and also some classic members so if even if you haven't read things like uh, we mentioned last time there's a, a wildcat issue that comes up somewhere soon because he's got the yeah the it's issue eight or nine points. or something like that it's relatively yeah. early um but that's a really effective issue for okay you let's let's say you know you're new to relatively new to dc and you picked up this book and you're you've never read anything with any of these characters before here's why you care about wildcat from here on out for the rest of this series yeah he's just an issue to get you connected to him so you care a little bit and then once you've done that with enough characters you find yourself hey i care about this team i care about what happens to them and and so on and it's it's something that even modern books don't always even do properly where like they just expect us to care because oh we know who all these characters in the justice league are from previous things what i appreciate about this series is that it really feels like a tv show and that no it makes me care about all these characters on its own uh merits on its own base 
and goes it, it from there. It doesn't rely on pre-existing knowledge or just hoping that no. you care about some I mean, of these it, already. It's like, no, we're going to earn that ourselves. It does use the history, of course, to build into its stories, but it doesn't rely on it for making us care at all. And that's yeah. you know special when it comes to comics, I think. And it's why it's one of the better runs there is. So, uh, what are you giving it? Uh, all that said, this is still going to be the, the lowest I've rated it, because like, like, like we agreed, you know, it's probably the, yeah. the fundamentally the, the, the weakest issue. But, I mean, still pretty good. Really like some of the art. I'm uh, going to give it a 7.5. Yeah, I was like about straight eight. I, I think it's a solid issue. Uh, it's just probably the least exciting f- from, like, a inventive standpoint compared to the previous, you know, four. Yeah. So... Uh, looking forward to the next one though always excited to continue with it uh, so that'll take us on to Man of Steel issue 104 which is the next part of our Emperor Joker saga uh, or specifically the the Arkham story that's, that's first uh, this is Mike Harlan on writing with Doug Mankey on the art obviously Mankey we know very well from Green Lantern and stuff that he's done in recent years uh, Mike Harlan I don't know I'm not familiar with uh, top of my head um no, and I'm also not sure where you're getting that name from because the writer is Mark Schultz. Again, I got this from DC Wiki. I don't know, and I was on the right issue. No, I I believe you. Um, I I don't know where it's got that name from because that name is not in the credits at all. I'm looking at the credit page right now, and it it is not there. I'm going to look again. Um, uh, but just just before I I, I continue, uh, although Kara could just be nice and not correct me. Uh, and everyone could just believe the name that I said. Uh, but uh, the first issue of this we really enjoyed. The last issue was absolutely god-awful, uh, so I didn't know what to expect to come out of this one. I was hoping for a new writer, at least, so it wouldn't be the same as last time, and it was a new writer, even if it wasn't the one that I thought it was. Um, so how did you feel about this one compared to the last issue? Uh, it's better than the last issue. Um, I definitely felt that, although I didn't think it was anywhere near as strong as the first one still. Yes, I would say it's better than the last issue, but unfortunately, I'm still disappointed because it didn't it didn't sort of get me back up to the point where I was excited again. It was just kind of okay, I thought. I, I'll agree with that. Like it's 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 all right. This issue it, it wasn't a chore to read and str- like, I wasn't struggling with it like I did last time, mm. uh, which well, was really rough. Um, this one flowed much better. It it made sense. It felt like it actually mattered a bit more. Like it was. It's still a bit of a jarring start, I think, where it just feels like we've reset again, but slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. But by the end, it feels like, no, we're actually building to something now, and this this issue matters, whereas the last one, I feel like I could have just skipped and would have missed nothing. All right. Uh, Mike Carlin was the executive editor on the issue. This is just them putting names in a stupid order on the website, right? The top name should be the writer, and then the next name should be that's, the artist. That's... Yeah, I don't even know why they didn't even bother putting that in the credit, like that, that on the title <laughs> credits page in there. Writer, penciler, inkers, um, colors, letterer, associate editor, and editor. No, no. That's the entire no. credits page for this, and does not mention Carlin. Like, mate, Carlin. This is this is on me for rushing when I'm looking for the names, but to put the the info together before we start recording. But I do critique that the writer and uh, penciler should be the, t- the top two names, but whatever. Uh, it's an argument for another day. Uh, Take it up with DC Wiki. <laughs> yeah, you bastards. Um, so, and clearly I got Cliff Chang from the cover artist. Uh, Which obviously role. they must have just put near the top for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Co- or, or... No, co- cover artist is above the writer and penciler. It's the second name in the list. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 
And I'm going to say a benefit of the doubt as well on that one where Cliff Chang was the regular artist. So you saw that name and went, yep. Yeah, yeah, it sounded reasonable. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, so yeah, there's like an Arkham UFO now that's like just hovering above the city. And Superman's in there. He's being kind of, you know, experimented and tortured. They, they throw him into the gen pop of all these crazy people uh, that they've got under surveillance. One of them is Henry Irons, who is spouting, like, real mathematical formula. And Superman kind of recognizes him a little bit. And ultimately, they end up breaking out. Because Superman says, one of the things you're remembering here, I'm also remembering. So that proves you're not crazy. It proves that there's something tangible here because we both remember something. And, you know, we've not been in contact with each other. So there has to be something tangible and real about what we're both remembering. And There's a, there's a nice logic to that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fine. Um, it's just, you know, they, they escape out, and he's like, I remember you in a suit, and they find, like, a statue wearing the steel Superman suit. <laughs> he's like, here, this is yours. So he puts it on, and, like... Well, yeah, he's like, go dismantle it and get it on, because it's got all, like, cables and wiring inside it. Yeah. Uh, so he's having to rip it all apart. <laughs> uh, is this a uh, dude supposed to be Jonah Hex that shows up and starts shooting at them? No, no, this is, this is Bounty. This is that's one of those right, guys right. from that team from the last issue that... Was so, is basically not Jonah Hex. Was so memorable that it never even occurred to me that they had like a guy who looked like Jonah Hex. <laughs> it did to me because he he was one of the only ones that stood out in that team. As he looks kind of mm. cool because I like Jonah Hex. Well, so well, because I kept looking to see if he had the 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 you know the the face the, the that side of his face, but it, it kept like kind of obscuring the the side of his face in shadow or whatever, and I could never see it. I was getting annoyed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're fighting away. Bizarro shows up. Uh, you know, more fighting happens. Uh, Steel kind of hits them with the hammer and makes them fly into a building. Um, Superman doesn't seem to care that the entire building's collapsing, which I thought was a bit strange. Uh, he's, he's just like, just like, good job. You, you hit a home run. What's yeah. a home run? I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's a good thing. Yeah, he's like, good job, Steel. And I'm like, the entire skyscraper's falling over. You feel like there's probably some people that are going to get injured in this. But whatever. You know, it's not even just the one skyscraper. If you look at the bottom of that page, it topples and does a domino effect <laughs> and does. takes out like six or seven. <laughs> and then Mixie's running around and he gets uh, basically zapped towards where Superman and Steel are. And he's like, oh, finally, you can you can do something about this. You can change this. All, all the dimensions are out of whack. Uh, the base, you have to go to the, the JLA base on the moon. Uh, and then and a giant anvil. I kind of like that the moon is just a big face. Yeah, but then a giant anvil falls on Mixie in sort of really comical, cartoony way. And they're like, well, you heard them. They also have to dodge that anvils of their own because there's like tons of anvils falling from the uh, the UFO thing. And it's actually Lois Lane in a little spaceship who's now got an Afro wig on, picks them up and says that she'll kill Superman if he ever tries kissing her again. Uh, calls him an alien freak was the, was the, yeah. the insult. Uh, 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 just judging by the hair, I'm assuming this Lois is stuck in the 70s. It's very disco. What do you mean this Lois? It's the same Lois. She's been put on different no, wigs. No, I know, but like, I yeah, I know that, but I feel like, you know, the, the days are resetting a little bit. It feels like they're kind of reliving moments. Like, okay, sure. Things aren't clear. So today, this Lois is like, okay, she's she's in the 70s. Yeah. I don't think she's stuck in the 70s, though, because she's changing her wig like every time we see her. She is, yeah. So... Uh, the, yeah, so, so she flies off, it's like, we should get to the moon, and again, much like the first issue, it, it kind of ends with, like, not really a cliffhanger, it just kind of, like, they're flying off, and... They go into the moon, I guess, and yeah, the UFO was kind of chasing them, but kind of seemed like it was giving up, I'm not really sure what was going on. And that's the end of it. Um, yeah, you know, I, like, 
It's the sad part is, is that we're now three issues into this, and I really liked the first one, I hated the second one, and then this one was like a middling, just kind of okay issue. Because uh, the, art, the art, again, is kind of like trying to be in tone with that first issue, but it's not quite nailing it, uh, much like the second one. Uh, it was easier to read than the second issue, I'll give it that, but it was still kind of frustrating. Because I, I feel like the way they've handled this, like Superman, like reliving this day of being captured by Bizarro, and like, it's not been the most clear to actually read. It's been kind of clunky in its exposition uh, to yeah. actually get to that point. Uh, the craft just feels a little bit out of whack. Um, so even this issue feels a bit rough. Last issue was just downright bad, though, and just a, a pain to read. Uh, this yeah, one, this one's definitely not bad. Yeah, this this one's like a 5.5 or like some of that. 5.5 is where I'm landing as well. Yeah. Where it's all right. It's fine. It's it's serviceable. It's not quite enjoyable, but it's not it's not it's definitely not bad. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping that when we get to the actual Emperor Joker part, which is what the book's titled, that that's when it picks up. And that's kind of what my hope is now. So I've kind of written off the next issue, this this issue of uh, action that we've got coming up. Yeah, with Superboy. Um, I'm on just the cover. expecting that to be kind of whatever. Um, but then we get the actual uh, the one shot. I think is after that, and then the the rest of the main story. And I'm hoping yeah. that that stuff is more consistent. And it's because I'm assuming by that point, you know, we're actually going to be dealing with Joker and. Um, we're not going to be resetting every day. It's not going to mm-hmm. feel like we're just doing the same things over and over. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to feel like an actual story. Yeah, it's worth mentioning the, the one shot is split in two, and the first half is the ending of Superman Arkham, and the second half is the start of Superman Emperor Joker, or the reign of Emperor Joker, to be precise. Uh, okay. So um, we'll see how that how that goes. Uh, but it is worth mentioning that one shot has four writers, including Jeff Loeb. So It'll be the four that we've... You know, these three plus no, no. what I was right in action. No, GM Demetrius who did that last issue isn't on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Unless I'm misreading that again. I'll just double check. <laughs> I'll just double check because of the way that uh, I made mistakes before. Um, no, he's not there. He's not there. Uh... Okay, that's interesting. Oh, wait, no. Actually, I was looking at the artist. There's only two writers. This is better. This is uh, just Jeff, oh, Loeb. Jeff Loeb and Joe Kelly are the only writers for the one shot. Okay. But there's four artists, though. That could be a little rough. Um, I could have understood two artists, given yeah. that it's split in two. Um, but okay, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so uh, this one was just okay. So 5.5. Yeah, we kind of yeah. hit that. Uh, which will bring, it, bring us to... I was going to say bring an end. Bring us to our last book of the episode, our new seventh slot, voted for by our patrons. This is Batgirl Issue 1 by Brian Q. Miller and art by Lee Garbett. Uh, this is the start of Stephanie Brown's reign. Uh, this was a run that I read, all, you know, probably a, maybe a year or two after it was done. Like, I, I think I started reading it just as it was about to end, actually, I want to say. So just just before the new 52 happened and cancelled the book? Maybe not just before. Maybe, maybe been earlier that year. I can, I can Probably early 2011, I'd say, is when I read this. And then, obviously, I didn't finish it until it was done, but the first two trades I definitely read around then. Okay, fair enough. I can say that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll just say I love this book. Uh, <laughs> I love this issue uh, as well. So, um, if you're worried that things were getting too negative this episode, don't worry because I'm about to heap tons of praise. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I don't like this book quite as much as you do. That's because fine. I know just how much you love this book. But I, Jim, I have read this before. I do like it a lot. I think it is a very, very, very good book. And maybe I'll like it more this time. Who knows? Uh, it's been a while. 
yeah, so there's like a sh- illegal street race going on. Uh, it's been claiming a lot of young guys' lives. Batgirl jumps in, and it's the you know it's the Cassandra Kane Batgirl outfit. I mean, it's all silhouette at first, but then eventually we see the the, the Cassandra Kane suit, and we hear narration. I mean, I see, you know what I mean. I say here, but like we're we're reading narration, and we don't know who it is uh, yet. But we, we we cut to like Batman and Robin, and this is Damien because I mean it's just around that time. Um, yeah, and, and is that Dick as well? Yeah, and they're watching and saying, "Oh, who is this? This makes no sense. This is, this doesn't look like Cass." Uh, you know, our fighting style that is, and we see her like take off the mouthpiece, you know, the, the sort of stitched mouthpiece of Cassie's uh, cowl, and we see it's not her. And then you know, it sort of ends that that page ends with her, "Who am I?" And then it, you, you turn the page, and she's like, "I'm just Stephanie Brown." And the, the blonde hair is flowing in the wind, so very different. It's very clear and distinct. This is not the same Batgirl that we had before. Um, and from here, I've always kind of sold this book, and Connor will hate this, but I've always sold this as. Buffy is Batgirl because the very next scene right the next scene she's in her bed her mom comes in with the waffles and she's talking about her you know in her narration she's talking about her mom's trying to like you know bond with waffles and they're talking about going to university and how oh you're giving up like, that vigilante thing you're going to be a normal girl and all I could hear in my head was Joyce like trying to talk Buffy into doing normal things and I'm like this is so what this book is like in so many ways yeah I get that the mother is um willfully oblivious is is what i will use the phrase here <laughs> which is I, I when steph's like i was well, gonna say i'd almost i'd also describe joyce as willfully oblivious no, no i think that's a fair description yeah. like like here where she's like she jumps in front of the wardrobe and and, and shuts the door <laughs> so she probably can't see it um and, she, and, and the mother's like that's fine i'll just leave you to it whatever you want and and it's like well that wasn't suspicious at all was it <laughs> Yeah, and the book also sets up its other main character, which is, you know, naturally Barbara Gordon, who's talking to Leslie Tompkins about kind of getting out there and helping people. Uh, Barb, Babs is in kind of a, a rough place right now. And, you know, we see her at this, they're at like a, uh, you know, the, the wheel, what do you call the wheelchair basketball game? I feel like there's a proper name for it that I'm... Is there? I don't actually know if there is. Um... Uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm just assuming there isn't. I don't know it, but... Uh... There's a, there's a, I always remember this page actually where Babs gets onto like a train, like the monorail, and like we see these thugs come up behind her. Like, by the way, what what what's like three big muscly thugs decide to try and like mug someone in a wheelchair? It's like proper I mean, even, dark. Even for Gotham, this is pretty low. Yeah, but you know the the door's shut. We just like this is just black, and you and it, what's really good about it is that the blackness of like the lights going out is set up because it's that thing you get sometimes in a train where you're going through tunnels and stuff where it just all goes dark, and it sets yeah. it up in the page. It's got a rhythm to it where you get like a, a thin strip of the you know the 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 art, then the black, and you hear the 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 punk, which is the just the sound of the train or whatever and then just as it's you know getting to that bottom one you hear whack and crack and whatever in the blackness and then you just see her get out of the the the, the train and you just see some like feet and hands lying on the ground like she beat up these three dudes uh from her yeah. chair um she's like that felt pretty good yeah she's in a good place uh so we see steph at uh, college as you know, she just started and she's drawing bat symbols <laughs> on her notepad instead of focusing what she's supposed to do because the whole thing is she's she was supposed to promise not only her mum but also tim she mentions that at one point that she promised tim that she would give up what she was doing but then she's like well technically i promised to stop being spoiler i never said anything about not being batgirl and yeah. we we get yeah. a, we get a flashback of her and uh, as spoiler with with cassandra fighting some bad guys and Cass gives up the bat symbol because she fought in honor of bruce and bruce isn't here anymore because keep in mind bruce has just died you know recently in this part of the timeline and she ends up with Cassie's suit. And yeah, I think it was it was during this sequence that I realized 
how used to Cass not speaking at all I've gotten. Because yeah. obviously over the course of her book, um, you know, she grew to be more talkative, talking proper sentences. Um, yeah, and, and and then we kind of reset, right, in the New 52. And when we finally got to her again, and it was like, okay, we're back to the beginning. And we're, we're working our way up still to her being back to this point. But she's still definitely more fragmented than this as of right now. Yeah, uh, that's one of those runs that I'm looking forward to doing at some point. And the only reason why we didn't pick that as one of the first runs is because we just didn't have enough slots, and we sort of you know picked it, like we wanted us you know a variety of books. But uh, I promise you, Cassandra came back, girl run, which is like eighty something issues, is definitely on the short list of runs to do. Yeah, I've read like the first two big trades, I think, and really liked it. I think that's um, what I read as well. Just... It was a really easy read as well. It was so good. It was, yeah. Uh, so we see Babs having lunch with their dad, with Commissioner Gordon, and it's Joe. You know, it's rare in media where you find like a dad try to set up his daughter with someone. Usually, it's the mum who does that. The dad usually doesn't want to think about it. <laughs> the dad's like, "No, I don't want to think about my daughter dating." Uh, but he's like, yeah. "No, you need to get out there. Is this new cop that's just started?" Uh, you, you, you say, "I hear he's handsome," um, and she gets a little call from Dick Grayson, which I thought was a, a nice little touch, just sort of you know, again keeping the things around and what i like about this is that it's actually a nice little bit of foreshadowing because it sets up why she shows up at the end to talk to steph it's like because dick's obviously look there's a new batgirl on town right we think it's stephanie like go and do you want to do something about this yeah you, you go and take care of this is, this is your kind of uh like your your, your corner of the bat world you go and yeah deal with and, it. and the impression is definitely not that dick's telling her to okay make her stop it's just like hey just keep an eye on her because yeah. as, as they're the start it's like hey she's just not as good as the previous batgirl but that doesn't mean she shouldn't be doing this one might say that barbara's her watcher one could say that but one should not say that I, one would be a dick i love the next page so much she's in she's trying to do her homework or whatever she's like having something to eat as well and she's basically just convincing herself i know i promised robin i promised tim i wouldn't do this anymore i promised i wouldn't do any of this I, I, that's it you know what i'm never doing this again and she's got like a police scanner on the whole time and it says that, you know oh, people are down and immediate assistance required and she looks out the window and there's a bat signal in the sky and she's like well maybe one more now <laughs> like i, I love the, the running thing of this issue where she keeps telling herself this is the last time or this is the last thing i'm going to do but she's constantly drawing bats in or she hears something's wrong so she's like no i'm putting the bat suit on like i love it and i do love that for this first arc she has cassandra's suit like it's, it's not like she's got her own suit yet that's something that comes later with uh no it is it is a literal hand-me-down and, yeah. and that's why she's designing her own uh you know bat logo she's like what would i have on my suit when, when i get there yeah and i really like the art for the record i think the art's perfect for the tone of this I think Lee Garber in general is a underappreciated hero i've loved everything i've ever seen him do yeah, no, I mean, um, it's, 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 it's fantastic in here. And, um, it, it, reading this book again makes me hate the New 52 even more because this is one of the things we lost. I mean, it would have ended eventually, of course, but like it ended when it did because of the New 52. And it's, I, it's one of those things where 24 issues isn't like terrible, right? It's not like mm -hmm. the worst. It's it's like This would have been frustrating if it was after like 8 or 10. Uh, 24 is enough that it feels like a, you know, it is a run. Yeah. But it definitely could have been 40. Yeah, for, I, I could have easily seen this 20, 40 or 50 issues and I'd have loved that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, so there's a the whole thing, there's this like hostages happening. This, this new young cop that uh, Gordon was talking about has been held hostage because he, he went in to talk to these bad guys first and they've taken him in and 
you know, Steph jumps in as Batgirl, and I love this moment here where she, in her narration, says, "Oh, he's pretty," and she says, "Look tough, Steph," and she sort of stands up and folds her arms to like strike a pose to look cool, and then immediately, like you know, stuff just Regrets starts to go it wrong because, yeah. because it means that she wasn't paying attention to the rocket launcher. Yeah, um, so yeah, the rocket launcher goes off, and she she grabs a cop and dives out, and. You know, he's like, hey, one of the bats helped me. I don't know who you are yet because I just moved here. <laughs> Which bat are you again? And she's all, she's, it's just really funny. Yeah. I love it. It was, uh, it was the, the unbelievable. Just come on, you should know better than this. It's, it's pretty yeah. obvious. And then she's in, and I love this touch. She's, she's just got out of the shower and she's drawn a bat symbol in the, the better with the steam. She's draw, you know, yeah. she's with her finger. She's uh, a little bit obsessed right now. And I think that is the bat symbol that's on the suit right now, isn't it? I th- yeah, I More think so. Less. More or less. Uh, and she's like, no, I need to say goodbye to this. This was the last time I was doing this. I need to say goodbye. And she looks over at the bat uh, suit as she's brushing her teeth and says, maybe I should take up a sewing class. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, again, <laughs> just as she's like convincing herself, I'm not doing this anymore. She's like, no, maybe I should take up sewing so I can fix the suit. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it because we did see a big rip on her leg, I think it was. After yeah. She came out of the, the building. Yeah. So that good, good storytelling there. And the final page, the, the big cliffhanger, is she comes down for breakfast and Barbara's sitting at the breakfast table saying, you know, hello, Steph. I love how she says, have some waffles at the end. <laughs> it sounds really yeah, really sinister, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems your mother got held up at the hospital something about a riot. Yeah. Have some waffles. Yeah. So it just it ends with this like this meeting of like the original Batgirl and Stephanie. Uh, I love it. Because I, you know, I think what I love about this 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 run is not just that I love Steph as a character. I love the, the bubbly nature of her, that, that Buffy-esque sort of attitude or whatever. But it's also... The way it uses the, the the universe around her, it's the way it uses Babs as this mentor figure. I love because she was that to cast as well as too. But this this was kind of a different take on it. This was more, you know, the, because because Cass is a very different character to Steph. You know, they're very different in how the, how they came she to be. She doesn't necessarily want the guidance from Babs. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's going to be this thing where they grow and they they, they bond, and it's going to be all these things. And yeah, I do, I do like seeing her interact with the wider bat family as well. I think if I recall, there's a great issue with her and Damien. Oh, there is. Yeah, that's that's. A, I think that's in like the third trade. There's or well, there is, it, oh, is no, it that far in? Well, I mean, we're, we're, I'm reading two thick trades now, but the original trades, it was the third trade. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember it being that far in. Um, admittedly, I thought it was like issues like between like eight and ten or something like that. Um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was I later. remember yeah. loving that issue. That was a great issue. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm so excited to work through this again. Everything about it, the, 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 her bubbly attitude, the way she keeps telling herself she's she's not doing it anymore, and it, like it happens like three times in the issue where she kind of just immediately changes her mind again because something remains her or whatever. Like everything about it, because I mean I think this issue is really strong because it establishes who the main characters are. Obviously, Steph being number one, Babs being number two, it establishes that you know Commissioner Garland's going to pop up. This new cop's going to be a factor as well. This is clearly kind of her older love interest that she shouldn't really be even toying with the idea of but she's going to kind of flirt and have this awkward relationship yeah. with and to, to, i think the contrast right now because you know we've, we've been reading current batgirl which is barbara and she's got this relationship right now with uh, jason bard and it's just not working for us at all it, it's, it's, it's really tedious and there's no chemistry the start of this has already made, got me sold on this will they won't they with them because of her like her like oh he's pretty and like standing up straight to look cool and like failing miserably like ha- ha- giving her some of this like uh like charming like 
bumbling kind of like sequence it, it it makes us so much likable and like valuable in a way that just is really endearing and then even him he doesn't come across as a dick he's genu- genuinely just kind of like oh i'm new here oh i'm happy to be saved by one of the bats because I, I think one of the things they're overdoing with jason bard right now is his hatred of batgirl and his hatred of the bats like he hates it he really hates it yeah and and that's kind of establishing where he's been in the past which yeah. so it's it's not our character it's more just maybe he was the wrong choice to do yeah, this with yeah that's what i would say he's the wrong fit for what they're trying to do with him yeah but you know that's that's what it is it's just this reminded me again like between this and then and birds of prey but i was so much better as oracle that like i'm i'm okay if if uh if 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 5g stuff continues and we we smooth out the timeline if, mm. if we can just get back to an older babs being oracle and not being Batgirl, I'm, I'm all right with that i mean i don't i don't even need her to be in the wheelchair if you want to just do a thing where she's just gotten older and she's decided to step back and be oracle and you know because i think one of the problems we're having with babs and present day uh batgirl even though i've liked a lot of what they've done with her since rebirth it's been a lot of fun stories is that it's kind of fallen into the same trap that barry has right now as well a lot of the time where they kind of give barry a little bit too much of wally's uh the character or personality a lot of the time and i feel like with barbara they, they keep giving her like there's a little bit of stuff in there i mean not so much cast because cast is so specific and different but you know they, they... yeah i don't i don't think it's quite as bad as what we're doing with barry and, and oh it isn't there. it definitely isn't as bad but i definitely feel that sometimes where i'm like I feel like this wants to be a Steph book, but th- but there's just this rule where it has to be Barbara Gordon because she's the first Batgirl, and it has to be Barry Allen because he's the first Flash, and it has to be Hal Jordan because he's the first you know, sort of modern Green Lantern. Like, you know, there has to be these things. No, I get you, especially with, with Babs, where they've made a young, and okay, they want to do that young, youthful look at the book, kind of like what this was, a little bit older, admittedly, like, but mm. you know, kind of in the same vein of. And it's like, just just put Steph back and that'll solve your problem. And you can just do that book and no one will complain. Yeah, we had that book and it was perfect. And then we, we had to have Batgirl. And New 52 Batgirl was was okay by Simone. It wasn't great. I think it's it, it had its ups and downs. It wasn't bad, though, by any means. Um, there, was a, there, was was... A, there was a pretty strong arc with the, with the brother. And that was like volume three or yeah. four of the run. But like, there, there was some good stuff in there and it was all right. And then we went into Burnside, which... I like more of than you do. That's for sure. It was such mm-hmm. a, a drastically different take that, honestly, I think if you if you'd put that as Steph or just another new Batgirl, I think would have been really well received, even more well received than it was as Babs doing it. Um, but I think it was a pretty fun book for the most part. It wasn't perfect, but I liked it. Um, and then yeah, you know, then we got into Rebirth, and uh, that was immediately much stronger than than what had come before. But I mean, you know, again, a lot of it is like this doesn't, this shouldn't really be the Babs' role. Yeah. So, yeah, I miss Steph, and it's it's one of these things where I feel like one of the arguments I hear from people is like, "Oh, you want to put Babs back in this this, this place," and I'm like, "It's not really about that though. It's it's the strength of Babs. Like, I like I, there was a strength that she had, and there's a strength that Steph had, and what they've done by changing things is they've taken away." steph's spotlight so she feels like an afterthought now and they've given babs kind of a personality that's not really hers um it's one of those things that comes up whenever we talk about um what was arguing recently (laughs) about something on twitter there was something recently on twitter uh it was about always (laughs) shitstorm yeah it it was basically how like the the problem I have with like certain like changes to characters is it's, it's more about taking away their strength and 
because it, it, sometimes like people will say well you just want this character to to not have this and i'm like well yeah because they were stronger without they were stronger they were in a better place before uh like you've done this like okay you might have made this character stronger by giving them the spotlight but you've done it at the expense of another character you've done it at the expense of taking away this character's it's thing it's kind of weird to me as well where people say oh, you just want to back in the wheelchair i mean i mean isn't having someone in a wheelchair be a strong character good representation isn't that a good thing yeah like she was you know in a wheelchair for a couple of decades and she was a really strong character and, and grew and still you know had arcs and you know it wasn't just oh she's just in a wheelchair that wasn't the story no, I mean, no, I mean, people like critique the choice to put her in the wheelchair in the first place because it wasn't really necessarily a well thought out thing. But they took yeah. what happened and they made it into something. And a lot of people, a lot of writers over the years have told great stories with her in that wheelchair. But I even necessarily neither, if you want to like just to still have that retcon, fine, whatever. But like, she had such a great role of as being Oracle and she became this, this, this mature figure for these other characters and these other characters that we love to read about. Um, and reading this Steph story again just reminded me how much I love this and, you know, I've loved what I've read of Cassie's stuff and I'm looking forward to reading that again. So. It actually kind of goes back to what we've been saying about JSA as well. It's all that legacy aspect of mm-hmm. we can have multiple variations that are different characters but still having these kind of ideals and similarities. Well, I, say, I, I hope if 5G does go ahead in some capacity and we kind of saw the timeline, if we get the point where where you know Bruce and Clark are older, that should, by its nature, make Babs a little bit older as well, I would hope. It should. And, and maybe that will kind of restore it. Maybe, maybe they don't put her back in the wheelchair. and Maybe they don't want to do that, and I get it. But um, maybe we can kind of get back to this kind of state of mind and of, of where she kind of is in terms of well, it, being that that older mentor that's kind of why i was arguing for a long time for a batgirls book where you had all three of them and so Bowd was still an active batgirl but she was the mentor to the other two you know like you still have that kind of dynamic that was kind of my compromise <laughs> but yeah and honestly i'm okay with if they want to leave stephanie as a spoiler for whatever reason fine if you want to leave Cass as uh orphan fine do a new batgirl i'm okay with that throwing out a whole new one like I think they've proven by now that that Batgirl as a as a mantle is is certainly changeable enough, right? That we we can have a new one without it being like, oh, just another new one. Yeah. And I know Pete's going, oh, but I want Steph. And I know, I know. I want Steph and Cass. Okay. My, my problem is, yeah. is if we interest a new one again, then we're going to just they're going to be forgotten about. They're barely going to show. You know, Steph pops up in a panel here or there in Young Justice. Cass right now is. I mean, she's in the outside. She's got a bit more to do. Yeah, I think that's what you need to do because I think like, all right, so we're. We're in 2009. Cass has lost uh, her Batgirl book, mm-hmm. and you know, it's been given to Steph. And and I bet there's probably Cass fans who are pissed. Who probably, are, yeah, probably. Um, but I, I imagine she shows up in other books, and maybe she's in some team books. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I don't think there was tons of her showing up as Black Bat. But at least in that case, she got an 80 issue run, right? It wasn't like it was, you know, completely no, no, I get truncated. It's it's that's a fair point. She to make, she, she got but... to be Batgirl for over a decade, almost. Well, just about a decade. But yeah, again, I'm not saying it's completely fair, but if for whatever reason they just they, they're really insistent on we don't want Steph to go back to that, we want her to make her own thing a spoiler. If if for whatever reason they want that, fine. I mean, I'd like it if she showed up in some other books as well. Like like you say, we got Cass in Outsiders, mm-hmm. and while I'm not reading that, that's kind of my choice. That's that's on me. She's there. Uh, I would like that for Steph as well. Um, and you want to give me a new Batgirl? Great, I'll read it. Yeah, assuming it's good. Well, yeah, the one thing I want for Steph actually, which was because obviously I loved her being a detective, but one thing that frustrated me is that she, it always felt that she was tied to the fact that she was Tim's girlfriend. There was never like she could just be Steph mm-hmm. on her own. 
so if I want anything I from think, Steph, is I want that. No, I agree. I think part of that is Tan loves Tim, like really loves Tim. Yeah. Uh, to an unhealthy degree, uh, <laughs> which he's he's pretty open about. So the guy used to run a Tim uh, Tim Drake Tumblr. Uh, so you know, uh, like I understand why he kind of took that approach. Although I would like, you know, just just give us Steph without Tim. Yeah. Anyway, I love this issue. I am so excited about reading more of it. Uh, what are you giving it? No, I'm going to give it a 8.5. Yeah, 0.5 for the art. Yeah, straight name for me. Uh, there's, I really have very little to complain about in this issue. I mean, that, this obviously represents a time when I would really get into comics in the sense that, like, I'd been dabbling for trades, but it was really that 2000, like, eight to 2010 kind of period where I really started to like I was still reading trades but I was buying all the trades and I was jumping around books to try and mimic the single issue reading experience for a lot of things not everything but like all the stuff that was tying into Brightest Day for example I made a point of reading around all those books as I was going I made the correct order yeah and I was making a point of like reading all the bat stuff Batgirl with uh, Streets of Gotham with Detective Comics with uh, Batman and Robin all that stuff together you know doing all the Batman Reborn stuff like I really fell in love with a lot of that stuff um, so obviously better than others, but this was one of the standouts with Stephanie Brown Batgirl. So I'm so uh, pumped yeah, to be doing from, this. From that time period, I think I prefer uh, the Hearts of Hush book uh, by by Dini doing that stuff a little bit more than this. I think that was around the same time. Heart of Hush that was right before R.I.P. I'm sure. Not a little bit earlier. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, but that went on, and we had the the I think it went into was it Street I, I, Actually, I think it was during R.I.P. I think that's what Detective was doing when R.I.P. was happening, if I remember right. It was around that, yeah. Yeah, because there was about three trades, I think. Because Street, Streets there. of Gotham kind of spun out of that because Hush was like a recurring thing in, in uh, Streets of Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that into, into Streets of Gotham, I really love that book, uh, that stuff. Um, probably more than I do uh, This Bad Girl. But again, it's that same kind of time period of, you know, where kind of Batman in general was. You know, it's funny, I remember for a long time feeling like I was a new comic book reader because that was my kind of era where I really get into it. And now I'm like, wait, that was over ten years ago. Now <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a veteran now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now even people who got in at the new Fifty Two are not new readers. That's true. No, no. Uh, now it's the rebirth people who are still the newish readers. Oh, uh, that that may change again with five G. If five G is a thing again, uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, un- unless for whatever reason they got in at one of the mar- many many Marvel now one point two whatever things Marvel had each six to eight months if you got in at one of those then you, you might be even newer <laughs> who knows yeah. so if i'm picking the best of the week i am picking back girl issue one um i think that and gsa for me are going to be fighting out pretty much most weeks uh so and this week was a you know a slightly lesser gsa issue so it's maybe a bit easier for it but back girl issue one i think for art um probably back girl as well actually although i mean gsa was good as was flash but that's that's where my picks are going. So, uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna go with the same with the double back girl. Um, Lee Garber. I think this was probably the first thing I read from Lee Garber at the time. You know, mm. even though I didn't read it as it came out. You know, I read it maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah, a little bit later. Um, but uh, I only had read much from him. But now I've read you know quite a bit and uh, uh, become a bit of a fan. And I don't think I'd. I don't, I don't think I remembered that this was him because I. You know, I wasn't paying as, a, as attention to, to the ice as much as I should have been back then when I was a bit newer. Hmm. Um, so I, I didn't recall that, oh, it, it was him on this book. Uh, 
but uh, so that, that got me quite excited when I you know looked at the credits on the on the title. I was like, "Ooh, I know who this is. This is this should be fun." Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That is episode five of Previously in the Multiverse. There will be no more additional slots. This is it. We're all slotted out. Uh, but of course, whenever Batgirl or Emperor Joker end, we will, when we replace those slots, we will do votes to do so. Uh, the other runs, which will take a long time to finish, admittedly, uh, we'll just sort of replace those with things that we know we want to do. Um, and like I say, Cassandra and Batgirl is a pretty strong contender. Maybe even for replacing that Wonder Woman run uh, when that's done. Cause See, I, I was thinking that, but then do we want two Batgirl books going on at the same time? No, because this one will be done, but then. Oh, it will, won't it? That's a shorter You're than right. Wonder Woman, so we won't have back. That, that's true. They won't even be overlapping. So no, no, that's right. They won't at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I that, honestly, that be a good contender. My, my replacement for Wonder Woman are basically either that or Peter David Supergirl. Those are the two that I'm kind of eyeing up for the the replacing that slot. I I might have a look to see if I've got anything that can contend with. Um, but I mean, I I, I like the idea of that bad girl book. Uh, but there you go that is episode 5 let us know what you thought of these books if you've read them uh, I know some people are actually reading these either for the first time or rereading them along with us so hopefully you're uh, having fun doing that let us know what you think of the books uh, in the comments you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fudge for channel updates or of course at DC Comics Podcast for specific DC Comics related material um, I will thank our patron producers for the month uh, it's always worth doing that thanks to David Short Alison M. Fordyce Cindy Palacios Tyler Hess and Talking Superman they're all patrons at the $20 tier or above uh, but you of course can support us for as little as one dollar per month at patreon.com slash TV. one dollar will get you access to a couple of bonus episodes of some of our other shows uh, five dollar tier though may be relevant to you because five dollars is where you get early access by one day to previously and comments from the multiverse and when it starts elsewhere in the multiverse will all be a day early on patreon for five dollars and up patrons uh, and it also get you access to any votes that happen for previously or elsewhere uh, as we go forward with those now of course they're going to be kind of you know like there'll be lulls between votes sometimes depending on how long the runs are luckily though we'll have a vote or two for elsewhere soon uh and then hopefully by the time those have been going for a while then one of these books will end and we'll have a new well, vote emperor, for previously emperor joke has only got another what six issues in it yeah so it's three months so we'll have another vote yeah. in three months to replace that book uh, yeah. or just before three months it'll be probably just before it ends so that it's ready to go for the next episode yeah uh but there you go uh so go check out patreon uh, check out the other stuff of course if you are watching this if you found this show first which you might have done uh, check out comics from the multiverse which is our main dc comic show which both of us plus matt talk about the new dc comics that come out uh, every week so go and have a look at that uh, but thank you very much once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics guys and sit down and have some waffles